0: Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Goodness, everyone this morning. It's an awesome day. It's it beautiful. Some of us like it coolest. Not too hot, not too what? cool. <laughs> I have long sleeve shirts. And- L- long shirts and boots. There <laughs> you go. Stay warm one way or the other. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> Coffee gets the body good. Is that right? Better than milk. <laughs> it's a good day. We're going to start out in prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your grace and the beauty you've poured out that we celebrate this day and all that you've given us. Father, you use me to be a blessing to let your word come through me to teach, to help guide and lead and grow each of us up, that we give you glory in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're on lesson eight in the discipleship class, and this week Don Crow is the one that wrote this one. So... uh, go ahead and start the proper use of God's law. This is pretty cool because I was reading this and it's awesome how God works everything out and this goes along with resurrection service and everything that's going on. So it's pretty cool. One day Joe and I were talking to Bill and Steve at the lake. The question was brought up, how could people possibly be held accountable before God who have never heard of God or Jesus Christ? I said, Bill, suppose you went to visit Steve at his home but he was gone and his wife was there if you entered into an adulterous affair with her would you feel guilty for violating your friend's wife even though you had never heard of the ten commandments or read the bible where did that sense of guilt or feeling of accountability come from and god has given every person through the law and conscience the ability to sense right and feel wrong feel guilt for wrong the law and the conscience are the self-judging functions that either accuse or excuse us in regard to our conduct. In Romans 2, 14 and 15, For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. Bless you. So, I mean, that, that explains it all, how you can, because that's one question I've had, because we've had, learn about, learn about, okay, up on the front class. <laughs> <laughs> it's not maturity mean we've got to be calm here. <laughs> but it's pretty cool, though, because I've had the question, because I know we listened to a mission missionary talk about how you don't realize he goes out and evangelizes the world, but over half of the populations never even heard of Jesus Christ. You think, how can they live and die and not even know Christ? Because he's not preached to them, and they don't know. But this shows you in Romans two fourteen and fifteen the inner witness will guide and lead you, even though you've not been preached to. So Bill had been telling me what a good person he was. He didn't really see any need for a savior. I turned to Exodus twenty and began to read to Bill the Ten Commandments. Bill. Has God always been first in your life? And have you always loved him more than anything else in the world? If not, you've broken the first commandment. Exodus 23. Which is, you shall have no other gods before me. Have you ever exalted anything before God? If so, you've broken the second commandment. In Exodus 24. You shall not make yourself, for yourself an idol. Or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under under the earth. Have you ever used the name of Jesus Christ as a four letter word? You are guilty of breaking the third commandment in Exodus 20 verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Have you always set aside a day to honor and worship God? You have broken the fourth commandment in Exodus 28. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Did you always honor your father and mother in your in your youth? <clears throat> you have broken the fifth commandment in Exodus 2012. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Have you ever become extremely angry with a person? You have broken the sixth commandment. In Exodus twenty thirteen: you shall not murder. And also says compare Matthew five twenty one and 22. You have heard that your ancestors were told you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother... You good for nothing shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. And I know we've never got mad at anybody. Not for taking a parking place. <laughs> 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 or cutting us off or going too slow in traffic or, you know, doing anything like that. Have you ever looked upon a woman and lusted after her? You've broken the seventh commandment. Exodus 20:14 you shall not commit adultery. And also it says, compare Matthew 5, 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That even pops up in my head. There's movies and stuff people watch all the time and don't even realize you're seeing something. Well, once you see it, I mean, it's being taught. Now you've got to deal with it in your mind. Or hear it. We think, you know, we get older and you think, we'll cuss words. You just let, ignore them. I want to watch this movie. Just ignore the cuss words. That's not good because especially children pick up everything. And especially they be played in the corner and you think they didn't hear that. And the next thing you know, they say, it where did you get that? They're, they're older siblings. Don't have to give it to them. They pick it up from us. It's terrible. Have you ever taken something that did not belong to you? Well, now, my dad said I could always borrow anything he had, but sometimes I don't always get it back as quick as I'm supposed to. I know. <laughs> so I was looking right at my dad. If not, you've broken the ninth commandment. Well, I always took it back. He says I did. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. That's the Father's grace. See there? God is awesome. Exodus 2016. Or did I jump on, man? I'm sorry. Exodus 2015. So I got you flustered. Man, that's all right. You shall not steal. Have you always told the truth? If not, you have broken the ninth commandment. It's 2016. Because there's no such thing as a little white lie or you know. Partial truth. A lie is a lie and the truth is the truth. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Have you ever had a desire to have what belongs to someone else? You have broken the 10th commandment, which is Exodus 20, 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Do you see why Jesus said he came to save sinners in Mark 2, 16 and 17? 17. And here, 16, I'm sorry. You jumped ahead for I talk. I'm sorry, thank you. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not for those, not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to, talk, to call the righteous but sinners. The problem with thinking, we're good enough or trying to be good enough to go to heaven is the fact we have all broken the Ten Commandments. James 2:10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. Tell us that whoever keeps the whole law yet fails to keep just one point is guilty of breaking the law. The law was never meant to make you righteous, but only to reveal your sin. Romans 3:19 and 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. We all need a Savior. The word Savior has the idea of of one that can rescue you from the penalty of sin. Jesus rescues the perishing so that they might have eternal life. In Matthew 1, 21, she will, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. To be good enough to go to heaven, we must have a righteousness that equals God's. 2 Corinthians 5:21, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him the good news of the go- news of the gospel is that not only would Jesus forgive your sins but he is offering freely his very own righteousness to us as a gift in Romans 5:17 for by the, by one's man offense death reigned by one much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign. In life by one Jesus Christ so that's where it's, to me it's awesome with this lesson being resurrection weekend Easter real you know contemplating and meditating on the fact that yeah it don't matter what you've done you can't do it by works it's all by God's grace that we're even saved so we have a few questions we're going to read uh, mark 2: 16 and 17. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. So who did Jesus come to save? Sinners. That's right, sinners. Romans 2.1. Therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment for that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And so when we judge others, what are we doing to ourselves? Condemning ourselves, that is pronouncing judgment against ourselves. And why? Yep, because although we judge others, we do the same things they do. James 2.10 For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point he has become guilty of all. If we keep most of God's law but just miss the mark on a few things what are we guilty of? All of it. Um, Galatians 3.10 for, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things. Written in the book of the law to perform them. If we're going to be righteous by keeping God's law, how much of it do we have to keep? All of it. Absolutely. And how long must we keep these commandments? We must always continue in them without one slip. Thank God for righteousness, for His grace, and mm. I don't know anybody perfect but Him. Do you see why we cannot be saved? And how long? Yeah. Uh, do you see why we cannot be saved by trying to be good enough? Yeah, I do. I understand completely. Hope y'all do. <laughs> Just wish my kids would listen more. <laughs> Of course, i got to admit, I'm sure my dad's here, he can tell you I didn't listen that much when I was my kid's age, I guess. Galatians 2.16. I don't mind telling myself I ain't perfect. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. Justification is the gift of righteousness supplied by God that brings a person into right standing and relationship with God. Justification of sinners is offered through faith in Jesus Christ and is accomplished once and for all through his death and resurrection. This is 1 Corinthians 15 3 and 4 and if you got that one or not because he put in the parentheses on the side man and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and Romans 4 25 I'm throwing you curveball J.D. I'm sorry He was he who was delivered over because of our transge- transgressions, and was raised because of our, because of our justification. What is a man not justified by? Yep, his works. He's not justified by his works. His own works—that is, the works of the law. How is a person saved? Yep. Through faith, trust in Jesus Christ. How many people will be justified by the law? No flesh. That is no person. We got Romans 6.14. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. As a Christian, you are. A, under the law, be under grace. Under grace, absolutely. In Ezekiel eighteen twenty, The person whose sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. If you were under the law, what would, what would be the punishment for your sins? Death, absolutely. Romans 4, 6 and 8. 6 through 8. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom cr- God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been committed have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Under grace, what three things does God do with your sins? That's it. Also, Forgives them, covers them, and does not impute them, put them to your account. Uh, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that we are justified, what benefit do we enjoy? This peace with God. He's not mad at us. Uh, read Romans 5, 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Now that we have been saved by Jesus' blood, what will we be saved from? Wrath. wrath and judgment for our sins. Yep. Christ, read Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ ended the law as a means of obtaining what before God? Righteousness. Read 1 Corinthians 1.30. But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So He's got three blanks. God made Jesus Christ to be our... That's got four, excuse me. Yeah, that's right, all of them. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Philippians 3.9 and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. When you go under the law of Moses, you're trying to obtain your own righteousness. 1 Corinthians 11.1 Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. As Christians, we're living under the law of Christ. The law of Christ is not a set of rules to obey. It is living a life in response to a person. And that person is Christ. In Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do Weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. The law could never save us, not because the law was wrong, but because in the weakness of our blank, we could not keep it. Flesh. So it's only by blood and grace that we could be saved. That's all the questions. I believe you've got something you want to add.
1: So you know one of the the original question that it opened up with is, you know if somebody hasn't heard the gospel, how do they know? You know, how are they accountable for the things that God has done? And how, are, how can they be held accountable uh, towards faith in Christ? And one of the things that we didn't, didn't really talk about in here is this. This is Romans 1.20. And um, it says this. It says, For since the creation of the world, his, God's, invisible attributes his eternal power and his divine nature, these, these are the invisible attributes, they have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they, the people, are without excuse. In other words, all you got to do is start looking at the creation that God has created and you'll start to see. I mean, one thing that always sticks out to me is just a leaf. You know, go look at a leaf and start looking at it in detail, and you see the veins in the leaf and everything, and you see that man. It took a lot just to make a leaf, you know, and uh, but and the digger, the digger, the the more you dig, <laughs> the deeper you dig into. I, I just put those together. It's good. Uh, the digger, that that's good. The deeper you dig into his creation the more of god you start to see even in the human body and in this world uh you have some statistics that start to get to the place where uh this could not happen uh, I, I remember watching something not too long ago and the odds of this just coming together uh started to go so far so the number the odds of it one in so many became so much that it was hard to even fathom. But there's actually, in science, there's some numbers that say, hey, if it goes beyond this number, it's it's statistically impossible. And we're talking about just one thing that without it you cannot live, and yet in science, in your body, there's bunches of these things. And you start to understand that these things, for us to have life, for us to be on this earth and still you know functioning, uh... These things are statistically impossible without a creator. And so all somebody has to do is look around, and even if they don't look around, the Holy Spirit is ministering to them and showing them things that God is real. And at some point, they've got to decide, I'm not going to make a decision because I have all my facts in front of me, because the way to escape sin is not by keeping the law It's not by having all the facts in front of you. The way to escape sin is to have faith in Christ. That means at some point for us to escape sin, it's free, but it's going to take a step of faith. And at some point, you're going to have to say, I see all this stuff. And I still don't know. I believe the Lord even leaves it in the place where sometimes we just don't know. We don't have all the facts. I almost feel like sometimes, think about this. Could the Lord step down in each and every life right now and make you to believe in him? Could he implant that? If he really is God, could he make that happen just like that? Absolutely. Why doesn't he do that? It's not the system that he set up. It's not the system of salvation that he set up. The system of salvation is based off of faith. And so he's got to leave room. He's got to almost not answer all of your questions so that freely we can choose to believe on him. Now, and the Holy Spirit does his work. There's a story, I believe it was David Hogan that was talking about this, and it shows how... We have the Holy Spirit trying to tell us things at different, different times all the time. In other words, God is broadcasting. Our reception is the thing that's in question. Even in you know, 9-11, you had a lot of people that weren't even born again, but that were warned, and inside they knew I shouldn't go to work today or, or be late or whatever. There was There should have been so many more people in that building that day. You know, and God was broadcasting. Some of us picked up. David Hogan tells the story of this uh, village that got born again. They go into it, and uh, he said, you know, they, they got born again. He leads them to Christ. But this village, uh, they're walking around naked. They're eating blood. These are things, you know, against covenant, against God. And he says, and we didn't have a Bible in their language to leave with them, right? All we did is we came in there, we taught them about the goodness of God, the love of God, they were born again, and then we had to leave. Well, they come back a year or so later, and all these same people are walking around clothed, and they're not eating blood anymore, and you know, numerous other things. Now, why are they doing that? Because they have a Holy Spirit that writes these things on on their heart. In other words, the Holy Spirit is there to show us, to convict us of things, what are right and wrong, and to show us. Now, why didn't they do it before they were born again? Well, they weren't empowered to break out of that until they received Christ. The Holy Spirit was broadcasting those things the whole time, but they had kind of shut down reception, and even if they heard pieces of it, they weren't really empowered to overcome sin until they had Christ. That's part of the anointing of Christ is that sin no longer has any power over you, so now you can actually do the things that the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. The point is the Holy Spirit... God is constantly communicating to all the world what's right and what's wrong. And, and I like, they don't, we don't have an excuse. We can say, I've heard people say, well, I just didn't know this was wrong. I just didn't know it was bad. But what they're saying is that the Holy Spirit didn't warn them. In other words, the Holy Spirit was being unfair. I'm sorry, but that's not the character of God. On some level, you have to shut him down in your heart. You're without excuse. Now, there's things that you know and things that you don't know, but he's always leading you to those places so we can advance in him. And so what's great about that is he didn't lead us to a place where we didn't have any answers. He led us to the answer. He led us to Christ. And so we can step right out of everything that we've been doing and step into Christ and receive him right now today amen amen you want to pray or all right father we just thank you thank you lord that you did not leave us helpless you helped us (laughs) and lord we needed it (laughs) lord we just praise you we give you the glory thanks for not leaving us alone thanks for not just destroying us thanks for not leaving us to be destroyed But thanks for being love made manifest. And Lord, we receive your love today to walk in it, to be it, to share it, to live it. We are obedient to your leading. We're obedient to your law that's written on our hearts. And Lord, by faith, we receive Christ who empowers us to do all these things and become one of your own. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great morning. See you in a